Okay, g'day Charles, how are you going? Yeah, not bad, Paddy, not bad. That's good. Uh, thanks for coming on during the holidays and everything. No, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, looks like uh, you're having a beautiful holiday, beautiful weather and stuff. Yeah, yeah, we're up in Exmouth or Ningaloo Reef, which is um, on the west coast of WA. So beautiful weather up here. bit windy at the moment, but we'll just let that pass and see how it goes. Yeah, yeah good, good spot for some running as well. Yeah, there's quite a few... Um, I've been doing a bit of beach running up here. There's a couple of trails um, from here up to the range. There's quite a few in Exmouth as well. I didn't go for a run when when I was in Exmouth a couple of days ago, but um, yeah, it's been pretty good out here. Been having a bit of a break from running because it's um, fishing and and sitting back and relaxing at the moment. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, so Charles, how long have you been running for? Oh, that's probably around seven or eight years. I've always been active as a as a kid, but um, I took up more running in the last seven or eight years. Um, it was sort of my wife's fault. Um, I was getting a bit lazy on a Saturday, so she goes, well, why don't you come to Parkrun? And, um, yeah, it all started from there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and before you did ultras, like, um, I mean, you're obviously a big runner now, but... How did you build up um, to running in like longer stuff? Like you've done 200 milers, you've done backyard ultras. How did you build up to that um, level? Well, yeah, I reckon it's because of the park run. Um, I started doing park runs on a regular basis on a on a Saturday morning. Um, and that would be the only run I'd done for the week. And then when I thought, no, nah, I've got to start trying to go to a 10 or or a 21k um i thought i'd give a half marathon a go and i thought well i better start training a little bit harder so then the um the 5k during the during the week happened um and then that slowly built up to 5 10 15 and yeah slowly got up to the half marathon distance and i was happy with that until yeah until someone asked if i should do a um Starting a bit longer. Yeah. Did you um, ever do any marathons before you did your first ultra? Uh, no. No. I've only done two official marathons. Yeah. Um, that was, but that, those are, those marathons have been um, on a Monday morning before work um, because there's a, um, a, 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 a organization, Bravehearts 777. They do seven marathons in seven states in seven days. So the first marathon gets held here on the Monday, um, and then they go from state to state during that week, and then they finish off in uh, Brisbane or out there, Gold Coast, on the um, on the Sunday morning a week later. Yeah. Okay. So. Cool. And um, and I know that you you ran your first backyard ultra in twenty twenty at Birdies. Was that your first ultra as well, or did you? I think you ran something else before that, though, didn't you? Yeah, I've done a couple of shorter ones before that. The um, the one that I've done previous to that was it's called um, Truth and Consequence. So it's a fifty k trail run in the in the Jado Hills. Um, and then also some up in um, Yanship, which is about an hour and a half, two hours north of us. And that was a, a twilight um, Halloween style run. Um, and that was yeah, done by Sean Kaiser from Ultra Series WA. Um, yeah, it's just a, it was a good fun Friday night run. And actually, I did that one with four of my kids. The, all the kids did a 12 and a half leg each. And then uh, I did... The uh, the fifty k as saw by the end of it, and I think that was my first fifty k. And yeah, so I think I'd only done two or three fifty k races before the um before my first um backyard birdies backyard. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not sure how old you are, Charles, but you look um I think you're a little bit older than me, but I mean you're looking really fit. Have you always no, been sixty five? <laughs> 55, yeah, you're looking bloody awesome for your age. <laughs> no, I'm 40, 
49, I think. Oh, okay. Like <laughs> uh, have you always been a sporty guy? Like, did you play footy or any sports when, like, you were younger? I played uh, soccer when I was I was at school and when I first got married, like, the first couple of years. But then, you know, married life takes over and you've got young kids and yeah. the other things are more important than that. So um, then running and um, soccer and those type of things. But as a as a kid yeah i've always done um a lot of yeah running and just general healthy um activities um um yeah so anyway tell me about the first backyard ultra you did um it was birdies back in 2020 yeah that was 27 hours yeah i'm pretty sure that's 27 now that one there i'd actually stuffed up my calendar and my wife um, was working the weekend that we were running at birdies. So she couldn't take off work. So my daughter crewed for me. Um, and see, birdies is about three hours south of where we live, out in the middle of the boonies. So, yeah, we um, packed up the caravan, drove out there. My, my daughter crewed for me for, the, for that time. And um, I hadn't done anything previous to that more than a 50K run. So when I got to 12, I was happy. When I got to 15, I was happier. When I got to 20, I was happy. And then 24. And then, yeah, I just took every hour by hour. Um, didn't know how long I was going to go for or it was just totally spun out that I managed to get to 27 hours. Um, same, wore the same pair of shoes the whole time. Didn't have any clothes change at all or didn't plan my nutrition at all just just winged it and managed to get it so yeah sore feet by the end of it sorry had sore feet by the end of it yeah yeah and that would have been a cool race to be a part of if was that the one where um michael hooker won and phil gore was the assist yes yes and that was i think that was about 38 39 hours i think that one finished on yeah yeah, yeah, because that one there, uh, um, equal six with um, Jan Mullen, I believe, one of another WA runners. So, yeah, yeah, bit um, of spin out. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you obviously liked it because you've done five more backyard ultras since then, right? Yeah, birdies, birdies. I think I've done three of them now, and then Herdies, uh, I've done two of them. See, Herdies is the one that's in the centre of Perth. It's a nice flat course. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Hysterical, um, just a little while ago. Yeah. In South Australia. And what what do you like? Well, what do you like most about Backyard Ultras? It's got to be, I reckon it's got to be the start and corral. And the, the, because everyone starts in the same area every hour, you get to meet new people. Yeah. You meet to, um, yeah, you can run with the best of them and you can just carry on until, yeah, you can't go anymore. Whether you've done one lap or 102 or 107, now the record is, um, everyone's equal and doesn't matter who you are and what your, um, what your goals are. Everyone's got their own personal goals that they want to get to. Mm. And, um, um you make so many friends on the course. Like, if I look at my Strava now, the the amount of friends I've got via the um, the backyards, you know, it's it's because you you get to chat to someone for a whole hour, or yeah, in some cases like for ten hours, fifteen hours, you can help each other. Um, yeah, one of the races, Big Kevin, me, we ran together. It was probably for about twelve hours. You know, he would help me, and I would help help him. We were both struggling quite a bit at different stages, and yeah, we got to know each other quite well over that time. Yeah, and um, I remember when we ran it hysterical, we, we had a, a few good chats along the way as well, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So it's it's a good way of getting to know people, um, what their thoughts on life are, and yeah, yeah. just general general chat about things as well. Yeah. Um, so you're from WA, obviously. Um and we've got, I mean, there's a lot of good backyard ultra runners from WA, like just to name a few, Phil Gore, Aaron Young, Rob Parsons, um, Bellman, Margie Hadley, 
yourself, Big Kev. There's so many. Um, what do you think it is about um, Western Australia that produces all these great backyard ultra runners? Well, I think because um, Phil needs a new apprentice on every race. So <laughs> if someone drops out, someone has to carry him to the end. Dario <laughs> uh, does have a good um, background because, yeah, Sean Kaiser, the, the event organiser for the two in WA, he's, um, yeah, he gets really behind the, the, the backyard scene, does what he can to make sure that things are happening for, for the runners. Um, there's a good volunteer base around that as well. Like not only in the backyard scene, he does like 200 milers, the 100 milers, the easier, um, or the shorter stuff as well. He's got like one called Fell Pig, which is um, goes from 23Ks up to the 100 miler. Um, but yeah, so it's all different different types of things. And yeah, so WA's got a fairly um, niche market as far as the amount of backyarders and, and ultra runners. We're not a big um, running community. So like you go to a race and you, that's, you might meet up with someone that you haven't met up since the last race. So you have a couple hours chat with them and yeah that's how you get to know them as well mm. yeah well look i mean i've run at two of the ultra series races birdies and hysterical carnage and yeah look i mean you're right the um they're awesome races and and the volunteers are awesome as well like they're very helpful and supportive and they really do i mean it just creates an atmosphere where you where you want to keep on going another lap for as many as much as for as long as you can yeah um, so with Hysterical Carnage, um, you and I were going back and forth on Instagram a little bit and we had a, um, a bit of a chat the night before the race and I got the sense that you were approaching Hysterical Carnage a bit differently to previous Backyard Ultras that you've done? Yeah, yeah. Well, this race, because it's not in WA, obviously it takes a little bit more time, effort, money to to do it um extra time off work and stuff and plane flights and even to get to hysterical without the gear that you'd normally have um was a bit harder but that's where sean and his crew coming really good as well they they had a gazebo set up for for my team and for brad brad hall's team so yeah we um got to experience and because because you're going over to a different state you want to make sure you do your best you can um, and the reason why I think I did a little bit better at hysterical compared to say birdies or hurdies, um, yeah, my training went up a bit as well, a bit of a, bit of a spike in my training leading up to it. Um, and then also as far as nutrition, I, I did a bit of a, um, a, a play around with, um, a product called Bix. It's a hydration product and made sure that I did a, um, I took it every day during, with me to work as a, an active, um, drink as well as a recovery drink on every, on every, um, run I'd do. So over, over the time my body got used to it. Um, so yeah, I did approach it slightly different. I actually wrote up a plan on, on this, um, race. I haven't done that on any other, other races. So that also helped as well. So yeah, and um, I also gave up alcohol for about six, seven months for this one. Um, maybe even longer, not sure. Because originally my race for the year was going to be um, birdies, but then I couldn't do birdies because my, my, my father's um, birthday party on the same weekend as birdies. So family comes first when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, and then, yeah, so then... Uh, because I couldn't do birdies, that's why we went to hysterical and yeah, try to get out as many many things as possible to make sure we could get as far as possible. Yeah. Um, so when did you lock in hysterical and and what inspired the decision to I really want to make this the best backyard ultra I've done? Yeah, when when I found out that we weren't gonna do birdies, um yeah. Because yeah, because my uh, the family um, get-togethers, um, and then when I when we found out from that, 
the wife says, well, you've done all the training for, for the backyard. Why don't you, why don't we go to South Australia, just the two of us? And yeah, it was um best decision she made me do, yeah. I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, look, I mean, you definitely had a good time. I, I mean, I could tell you were enjoying yourself and you got um, set up in one of those good, um, what are they, like um, gazebos? Gazebos too, which yeah. was awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, so you mentioned that you increased your training a little bit. Um, what did it look like? How did you build up to the race and how was your weekly mileage looking and did you increase anything else like your elevation or anything like that? I did a little bit of extra elevation. See, where I live, it's all dead flat. So I live two and a half k's from the, the beach line. So between us and um, the beach, there's basically all dead flat roads. I'm not, I don't really have the time to go out into the hills and, and run out there. So if I got time, I'd do it before work, which is most of the times or um on a saturday morning my long run but then i want to be make sure i get home by you know 7 seven thirty when possible so you know all my running around is always around home unless it's in an event um or something special to help mates out or whatever yeah so um but then as far as the elevation there is a um a bit of a staircase near our place called golden bay ladder um me and a mate of mine, we did a half marathon up and down that, just as a bit of a fun thing. But that's, um, yeah, that one there's like, it, it's a stair up, set of stairs up, and then it's a, a loop to go back down. So the, the full loop is about 800 metres. So yeah, we just kept on doing them on repeat until we got to our half marathon. He actually did one the other day, about 35 or 40 Ks just by himself, just for the fun of it. Um, yeah, I, I was at home, so when I seen on Strava when I was in Exmouth, I, I, I she was a bit of a pity I couldn't join him for that one. But yeah, one day we'll do another one like that. Um, and then there's also some sand dunes fairly close to our place, so I do a bit of a hill repeat up there as well. Um, and I've also got my own um, backyard loop that I've got as well. So training in for hysterical, there was... Um, I was going to do a, a minimum of a 12-hour run on a from a Friday night to a Saturday morning just to find out um, how my nutrition was going to go. So me and my mate Rolf and a friend of ours, Laura, we were all going to do do that as a as a just a, a thing that we could do between us. But then um, a couple of other people of our running club, they got wind of it and they said, oh, can we join you? And then all of a sudden it turned from like, a couple of us to a an event an unofficial event and we made it as a fundraiser for uh, one of my running friends laura and she does a uh, brilliant job for um brave hearts 777 that's the one i was mentioning before um she raises money for them and then she does the the national tour of the seven marathons in seven days so yeah so um but she needs to raise eleven thousand dollars for the to to join the event um but yeah and by doing this run i think we had about 50 or 60 people roll up um from our running community and yeah join us for either one lap or or 12 laps there's yeah. i think there's about four or five of us that did the 12 laps and i basically did it as a a training run so i worked all day friday got up at four o'clock my normal um starting time worked all day got home from work ran all night and then on the saturday i just did my normal stuff at around home um so, yeah, so basically it was a two day of um of staying up sleep deprivation training so i could yeah see what it's like to do um that kind of distance and time on feet at um at one of the races yeah awesome so just a, a small little training run turned into like a, a massive um massive event like fundraiser thing that's awesome yeah well we end up i think we end up raising about two and a half thousand dollars by wow. doing the um yeah <laughs> like some of the friends that couldn't do it they go well for every k you run i'll put a dollar in so yeah at the end of it there's a quite a few of them that put it put a hundred bucks in um into yeah. the kitty and yeah like it was such a good good evening yeah um 
yeah, we had a bit of a beer truck at the on the front lawn because we we got a fairly big front lawn, so we had like I think about four or five gazebos set on the lawn and um, cars all up and down the road. It was and it was fifteen dollar entry fee, like an unofficial entry fee, and, and um, yeah, people could donate in any way, and people were like putting fifty bucks, hundred bucks in the pot and. So, but everyone got a little wooden spoon at the end of it. Um, and we also got a couple, like to make it a bit of fun, we uh, had um, some spot prizes through the night. Tribe and Trail, one of the running stores I go to, um, they gave us some vouchers and some some bits and pieces that we could uh, pass off for the night, some hats and shirts. And and then also a winery um, that my family owned, um, they gave us some wines. And so we just... Um, over the night, we'll pull out a, a spoon with the number on there and that, the spot prize will go to that person. It was a bit yeah. of fun for the yeah, night. Awesome. So. <laughs> um, those stairs, that, that training run you did as well, the 800-metre loop you mentioned with the stairs, that would have been perfect for hysterical carnage training but considering the stairs at hysterical carnage. And yeah. as well as that, the sand dune runs, because like, there was a lot of boggy sand on the course too, so that would have been perfect. Yeah, yeah, because the the normal loop I do for my backyard, I don't. I run down the the sand dune because um, I do it the the clockwise. But because I was doing hysterical, I turn that to anti clockwise. So the first is very similar to hysterical. The first two hundred meters was on the road, and then um, we had about four five hundred meters on the sand upper sand dune down a. Um, like a, a limestone trail, and then we've also got a um, a tower, um, like a, a Telstra tower type of thing. It's on top of a, a hill, so we ran up to that. It made it longer than six point seven, but I was happy with that because at least I could get as much elevation as I could in for the for the loop. I think it ended up being like a six point nine, six point eight, something like that. So only a couple hundred meters, but you know, at the end of the um, you're always going to have extra k's in your feet anyway. So yeah. So you must have felt uh, right at home on the hysterical course. Yeah, yeah. I actually really liked it because yeah. I think because it's harder than most of the other. I've only been to two other backyard courses, but I think it's because it's harder than a lot of the other ones. You use different muscles for different um, different times when you're going through hard hard times um but some of the guys at, at hysterical like dk who was going through quite issues and like some of the other um guys as well but yeah i think um because it was um hysterical was a lot harder than what i've been used to um yes yeah, you you end up using different muscles and i was actually feeling quite good at the towards the end of it yeah well look i mean i knew it was going to be um, a tough course um, and especially with it it was pretty unrelenting the sun was beating down the whole time you had the stairs you had the boggy sand it was the hardest backyard ultra course I've done but yeah look I mean like yourself I mean I, I loved the course the variation all the things to look at um, yeah I reckon it was probably the hardest but probably my favorite course that I've done yeah yeah definitely um Birdies was also good in the way that um, you had a lot of paddocks and um, but yeah, it definitely is one of my favourite courses. Um, no time to die. I haven't done the course, but when we're in Adelaide, um, I went for a bit of a jog on the Monday morning before we left to see what the course is like. And that's another course like like Herdies, dead flat. Um, so yeah, when when um, uh, no time to die. That's the other one in Adelaide. When that happens again, I think they'll be getting good numbers again yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. And there were a lot of um, people from Adelaide who were at hysterical who said, "Oh, yeah, the next race I'm going to be at is No Time to Die." So I reckon you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so leading into the race, hysterical, um, we knew it was going to be hot. Like, actually, the week before, it was 40 degrees, so we were lucky that it wasn't going <laughs> to get to that. But um, you told me before the race that you don't like running in the heat. Um, so how did you get through those two days 
of running in those conditions, considering it was pretty hot? Well, because I don't do any hot running training, because I, most of my running is um, early mornings before work and Saturday mornings, um, I knew I was going to struggle with the heat. So what I've done before is I use um, um, my, my head buffs and I fill them up with ice and I just pack it on top of my hat or on top of my head and then put my hat on top of it and try to get a bit of um, bit of my, my head a bit colder. Um, and then Brad also had a, um, a, a an ice um, buff around your neck, one of those sleeves. And that was really handy as well because it actually just slowly drip feeds um, water down your torso and around your head so you can at least have a bit of a, yeah, it's a little bit um, easier for your, for your recovery when you come in on the, on the lap as well. Cause, and then when I'd come in, like one of our neighbours, they had set up a, um, like a mini shower at their water station so i would come in and they would have the hose going on me um just for the first 20 30 seconds to cool my head right down and i think that really helped as well just to get your core body temperature down a little bit mm. so, yeah the the ice the ice buff on top of my head um i used that idea when i did delirious because that was the same it was extremely hot um going from yeah during the day because you're in the in in the hot sun, it's a race in January in the south part of WA. It's the 200 miler. But going into that, I knew I was going to have a, a big problem from the heat. So um, I used that idea, and basically, just slowly drip feeds your head. So you know, an ice pack on your head actually will last about two or three hours. Mm. Um, and yeah, just it's so slowly melting. And that's why I have my Bunnings hat over the top of me, over the top of my ice buff, and yeah, it worked well for me. Yeah, yeah. And I guess the um, big Bunnings hat would also keep the shade on your head too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I was also wondering, Charles, you've mentioned um, a few times that you, it sounds like you get up pretty early to go for your runs. Um do you, does that mean, like, do you go to bed early at night time and catch up on your sleep that way, or do you just not sleep that much? Uh, I can do without m not much sleep. Um, yeah, so for me, I can do without sleep, but then as soon as my body wears down from not enough sleep, then I, I can feel it, and then I just catch up on sleep and just don't, don't do either as much running or try to get to bed on time. But there's always stuff to do with the family or meetings or, you know, there's there's always something happening at night. Um, but, yeah, I still in generally try to get to bed at, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Right, yeah. Um, so with the heat at Hysterical Carnage, it definitely killed my appetite for eating solids sooner than it does, than it has at previous races that weren't as hot. Um, did, did the same thing happen to you? Like, how did you go with your nutrition plan? Well, because I actually wrote a plan out this time, um, I tried to be fairly strict on it. And I had a, I had three different food groups. Um, one was baby food. So every three hours, I would have a baby food sachet. Mm. And then the um, another one was like proper real foods. Um, and that would be either a, a chicken a fillet or um, a, like, so it was cooked up just before I got back so it was nice and juicy or some hash browns or um, what else, what other things were there. Now just fairly easy real foods and then on the other hour I would have um, like fresh bread with, with no crust so it was easy to digest. So it might be a half a sandwich or, or something like that there. So I was fairly strict on myself for the first 12 14 hours and and the crew did such a good job um making sure i'd get my nutrition in um and yeah and i think because the first 12 14 hours is and that's when you're have to make sure you get your stuff in um and that's why i think i managed to go as far as i did 
on this event. Um, you did mention baby food, and I've had um, other people on the podcast tell me that they eat baby food. So I've gone to the shops and picked out a few flavors before, but I haven't really found one that I like. So what, what did what flavor and what brand baby food do you recommend I should try? Um, normally, I go for the like the protein protein ones with um, like oatmeal or something like that there. I just go randomly and just pick a whole heap out, chuck them in my race um, <laughs> box. And when I when I get up to it, the, um, the wife will say, which one, which baby food you want this time? And, I'll, and it depends on how you feel. Sometimes you want a, a, a custard or a blueberry and, um, and banana one or so, you know, there's, if I've got like 20 or 30 different types of baby foods there, just choose the one that you feel like at the time. So, yeah, yeah, and it's quite funny because one time I was at the shops and I was buying all this baby food, and the lady <laughs> she goes, "Um, you don't have any kids?" I said, "Yeah, I'm going for a long run tomorrow." Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't eat baby food. I go, "Yeah, I just chuck them in my pack and I'll I'll um eat them as I." Go. And it's like such an easy way of getting a bit of nutrition. In. I know it's not full nutrition, but you know it's it does does well for me. So yeah, um. And so by the sound of things, you were strict with your nutrition. So even if you didn't feel like eating, you did anyway. Is, it would, would, is that right? Yeah, I did. Um, and Pamela must probably can best tell you how I felt because there will be times where I didn't want to eat. And she would basically say, that no, you have to have, you know, it might only be, you know, a couple um, – forks of of two minute noodles or you know half of what the sandwich that she made for me or some chicken or but at least every time i'll try to at least take something in um especially when i started throwing up i think that was around the 21 hours um that was when i started having my first stomach issues but to, to be able to get back because you'd lost everything um she made sure that i had to have some nutrition. Um, they even raced down the shops and grabbed some ice cream and, and wafers. So, because that was a go-to for me at um, Delirious as well when I was not feeling the best. Uh, one of the aid stations had some fresh ice cream. So, um, and I knew that was a, an easy enough food source to get in without upsetting the stomach too much. Yeah, ice cream would have been good with it with the hot weather too. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I did um, hear that you had some issues and you were vomiting. I didn't actually see you vomit, but yeah, I did hear that you were vomiting quite badly. So, um, do you know what caused that vomiting issue? I think it. I always have a problem with that anyway. Like even some of my longer runs, um, and that's why there's certain things I've cut out of my um, my races as well, or even my long runs. I, in general, don't take salt tablets because I've noticed that that makes me throw up. Um, so I, I take salt in different forms, whether it's through bit or other, other ways, um, just to make sure your, your salt content is there. Um, but no, I've, I think because of the heat, that's the main, most times I've had that problem. But yeah, it just means that you've got to slowly get back on track again and um, I think the next time I threw up was around the low 30s, maybe. Right. Um, I think I ended up throwing up three or four times. And that was just all of a sudden, boom, it comes onto you. And then make sure, and that's why I make sure I've always got water on me just to clean the throat up a bit and make sure I get back on, on track again. Yeah. That reminds me that I think there was, I think I heard there was also one loop where you forgot to take out a water bottle. Is is that right? Yeah, yeah. That was um because I had to put my ice buff on, so I put my water bottle on the ground, and my crew, um, yeah, because I'd forgotten the um the water bottle, my crew felt real bad. But it, it's not their fault. Um, they'd given it to me, and I'd left it behind. So yeah, yeah but then. 
for that hour, I ended up just um, opening my ice pack up that was on my head, and I'll just eat ice blocks all the way around the course um, instead of um, getting stressed about it. The best way is just to go, well, this is what I've been dealt with. Now I've got to work it out and and uh, try to get back back to base camp without too much damage. Um, but yeah, that's where the ice blocks carrying them, and I just suck one of them for a bit, and when that run out, crunch it up, have the next one. So yeah. that's how I did it for the hour. Yeah, yeah, it definitely sounds like you um, did a really good job overcoming obstacles. There was a, um, I remember there was one loop, I forget around what time, but I think it was in the first day, like you made it back with only about a minute to go. It, am I remembering correctly? Yeah, yeah, that was, um, it may have even been the hour where um, I didn't take water out because I knew that I couldn't run too fast because you'd wear yourself out and then because I got to where the basically the halfway point is, as we went down that hill, that bitumen section, um, I looked at my watch and I think, oh, shivers, I'm about four or five minutes slower at that point. And that was, a, that was the slowest I've ever been. Um, and then from there on, I basically jogged and ran from there through the, um, up to the, um, the old village and then back into, into our village. So, yeah. It was a bit of a touch and go, but they also, part of the plan was that if I'd only come back in with one or two minutes spare, that they actually had a pack ready that I could just chuck on, um, and that had water, um, no dose, baby food, um, a, a flask of Bix, and um, their Panadol in case I was feeling not too good, and I think a buff. Like just to just basic essentials to make sure that um, if I come in late, that means I'll just have to go out with that and work it out on the way. So yeah, and is that what you did when you came in late that time? No, I still no, I still had enough time just to grab what I needed. Um, and yeah, thankfully, um, I think I had about a minute and a half or two minutes. So yeah, it was it was a touch and go, but you know, at the end of the day. A minute and a half is still a long time yeah. to to have. Um, I think most of my times from twenty four hours on were around the uh, four, no, fifty three to fifty six minutes. So around that time. So not extremely fast, but we also knew that because the course was harder than than the other courses that I've been on. Um, We'd have to minimise the damage before things got too hard. Yeah, and that's something I learned from watching Bigs. Is I was watching all these runners coming in in fifty-seven, fifty-eight minutes over and over and over again, and that's what I realised. I realised it doesn't. You don't have to stress out if you're coming in late. You just yeah. stick to your plan and go again. Yeah, that's definitely correct. Like especially uh, was it Thomas Tank Engine? Yeah, 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 yeah. Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank, that's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that episode, that episode that you done with him, that was such a cracker. I think I've listened to that in about four times now. Really, yeah. Yeah, he's a good he's a good guy. He's funny. I liked his first tip for Backyard Ultra, don't eat yellow snow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember uh, when I was listening to that in the first time, I was running out Yabaroo, which is a... um. The trail north of Perth, early morning run, and uh, the sun is coming up, and I'm just running along, just laughing my head off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, would you say the first day was harder for you than the second day? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, I think with, with backyards, you go through some hours that's harder, some hours that's easier. Yeah. Um, because I struggle from the heat i knew that so then you also i try to make sure i don't tell myself i'm having a hard time um because if you go into that negative mindset it's quite easily to go oh it's getting too hard now um i'm not going to make it back in time um my race is nearly finished i can't make it anymore 
and then you drop out. Yeah. Because you go into that negative. So as much as possible, I tried to stay in a, mo- a positive mindset. Um, and yeah, that was the only reason why I try not to think that I had a hard first day or a hard second day. Mm. Um, yeah, just to try to stay stay happy and cheerful the, all the way around. And if yeah. you are going through a hard a hard section, um, find someone new to run with and have a talk about their life, and you soon forget that your that your toes are sore, your stomach is is bad, or you know you're feeling tired, or you know to, to find someone new or, or or find a mate and just run with them for a couple of hours, and it's a lot better that way. Yeah. So even though um, you, I mean, you did such a great job um, working your way through any issues that came about, like you got, you got through the vomiting, you got through a loop without any water. Um, you wouldn't say you were close to um, dropping during any of those stages? No. No, I must probably not. I mean, yeah, backyards is such a, a thing where you can have a bad hour or a good hour. I don't think I was going to drop out on any of those hours i was never worried um yeah so i don't think so Hmm. and and when night time eventually came how did you go with sleep did you get any sleep at night no i didn't um i think it's because during the night loops i wasn't going as quick as some of the other loops you can do at like birdies or hurdies um because of the difficult course so I'd, I'd lay down um, and on, on the mat, on the ground, the wife would give me a leg massage or whatever, um, and I'd have a maybe one or two minute of my eye shutting. I'd come in at different times and, and uh, have a bit of a, a lay back in the chair. Um, but, yeah, I didn't actually physically sleep as, as far as that goes. And that's also why I did that 12-hour training block around home to, to get my mind and head around, yeah, going through the whole night without sleep um, and obviously the start of the second night, so, yeah. Yeah, so you didn't go into the night wanting to sleep. It was just kind of like lie down, relax. If I fall asleep, all good, but if I don't, it's nothing to worry about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I remember the night before when we were having dinner, um, the night before the race, you were telling me that you were you were aiming for 38 loops and you were going to stop at 38 loops no matter what. So can you tell me about um, what was special about 38 and how you came to that decision? Well, I did it because of my religious belief. I try as much as possible not to race on Sundays and by me stopping before the Sunday, because for, for me, the Sunday is a day of rest. We focus on what God has given us in our life, whether it be through friendships or through through other ways. Um, and that way there we could um, stop before the, the Sunday. Um, and I was, even though it's a, a target, I know we should never do a backyard with a, specific target um like phil's a big believer of that but yeah but then also when he seen my race plan he um seen that it went up to 38 hours and he said to Tommy, he goes oh how come how come the race only goes up to 38 hours and he goes well because of his belief and um and yeah yeah definitely all good um but yeah i'm not saying that other people or other christians shouldn't race on sundays i'm just saying for my own personal belief and tamla but both tam and myself we've we've got the same fairly strong stance on on how things how we want to spend the sunday yep yep and that that's fair enough did you so basically i mean if the race started on a saturday obviously it wouldn't have been worth your time so before you signed up did you kind of figure out okay 38 hours that's enough let's go for it yeah yeah, because obviously the 30, you get the big milestones, the, the 22 for the 2-2 run, the 24 for the 100 miler, the 36 is the next bigger step, um, the 150 mile, 
Um, so for me, I wanted to get to 36 as a base as a minimum, um, and no time to die. The other one in Adelaide, um, which a couple of WA runners went over as well, like Brad and Laura and and Jess and that. When they went over for that, I was in. I was thinking about it, but then that would only not get me to 36 hours. Oh, since then, the, the race time has changed to a 12 o'clock start. So theoretically, I could have got to 36 hours, but um, I wanted to make sure I did it comfortably and, and um, yeah, enjoyed. So, yeah, but, yeah, if it was starting on a, um, a Friday night, then most probably wouldn't really bother about it. Friday morning is a perfect start for me. Preferably yeah. Thursday morning. Thursday morning would be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Monday. Yeah, Monday. Yeah. <laughs> right. So anyone in Australia that wants to start a Monday race, um, I'll be signing up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as you know, I dropped um, j just after 31 started. So I ended on 30 hours. I sat back and watched the action from about 33 to 35 hours. And I, I remember watching you and you were looking so strong. Um, were you feeling as good as you looked? Yeah, yeah. But also once the sun goes down, like yeah. because I struggled from the heat during the days, um, once the sun went down, that's when my um, my legs kick in. And um, yeah, I've had that at some of the races I've been to, like Cap, um, Cap 100, I'd, I'd come, I think, last on that one because of the heat. Um, and I ran well for the first, uh, 30, 40 Ks, but then after that, I just dropped out and then, um, yeah, other races as well, just dropped out because of the heat. But then, yeah, this one here, as soon as the, um, sun went down, I thought, yep, yeah, now it's time to, to take it until, till the, um, midnight. Yeah. And that, I, I was feeling great, you know, um, Hats off to, to the, all the other runners like Johan and, and Margie. Margie was looked so strong out there. Um, and when I was talking to Margie in one of the loops that I was going to quit at 38, she goes, yeah, but you can you can win it. Like, cause, because she's going to do Coast to Cozzy, um, obviously the silver ticket was a big draw card. Um, and Coast to Cozzy was also one of the other races that she was going to do. And even though she wasn't going to race at, Post Cosy, she's going to take that as a, a fun run. Um, but yeah, between DK, um, Johan, and, and um, Margie, um, yeah, the, we, we're, we're having a, quite a bit of fun um, out there in the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked like um, that second night, that was perfect conditions as well because yeah. It was still warm. You didn't have to rug up. You didn't have to worry about the cold. And and there was still a lot of people there watching and cheering as you were all coming in as well. It was an awesome atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. And hats off to Thomas as well. Um, he'd always be um, at the in the um, at the end of the line as we're coming running in. Or he was also parked himself. I think he was a uh, in the night um, volunteer in the historical village. Oh, yeah. um, you'd always cheer me on when you're, when you're coming through. It was really great. Yeah, he, he's a great guy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you stopped after finishing 38 yards. Um, but how were you feeling and how much longer do you think you could have gone for? Um, I don't know. The backyard is hard to know. Like, you can have a couple of good hours and all of a sudden you can drop off or have issues. But when I, when I come in at 38, I was feeling that's probably the strongest I had up till then. Mm. Um, yeah, but whether it was, whether I could last one hour or 24, I don't know. Um, and because I hadn't worried about sleep, um, during that first night either, that may have played a role, you know, in the hours to come. Yeah, so it's it's such a hard thing to, and that's the thing, you know, a backyard, you always wake up and go, oh, could I have done one more? This one here was obviously different for me, but all my other races, I've always woken up and go, oh, I could have done one more. 
you know, <laughs> and you'll forever kick yourself. Oh, I should have just gone out for that extra lap, yeah, or timed out, or you know. So because on most of my other races, I've quit because of of other reasons. Like one uh, at Hurdies one year, um, I'd signed up only a, a week before, um, because Sean had um had some extra tickets, so I quickly got one. Um, before they sold out again um, and then but we also had a birthday party that night that we had to go to as well. a good friend of ours they had their, their um, fairly big birthday bash so I said to Tama the wife I says I'll run to 24 and then we pack up and we go home you know yeah. and and it worked well I actually started lap 24 and timed out um, because of of yeah I'd put my mindset to doing 24 and it, my nutrition just wasn't right. Um, but yeah, if, if I had gone, yeah, I could have done an, another hour. It would have been because my nutrition, I'd stop my nutrition because I was going to stop at 24 anyway. And that's where it shows you. It's so important to stay in your nutrition from hour to hour. Um, and then a couple of the other races I've been to, um, I, the one, the first one I did, I quit at 27 um because i said to the wife i said i'll be back home by the time she knocks off from work um and because we're three hours south um but then found out i could have carried on but you know that's that's life I, that was a good um starting starting thing for me i really enjoyed that and then on the other ones i've either been injured or um yeah other issues been happening so mm. <clears throat> When you finished at Hysterical on your 38, I mean, the race only went for another two hours. Margie won with 40 hours. So did you have a feeling the race was nearly over at that stage or did you think or did you have no idea what how, how much longer it was going to go for? Yeah, I've seen that Johan was struggling the last couple of hours um, and secretly I was hoping that he would drop out, but I think he must have also known i was going to quit at 30 as well at 38 right. so he would have tried as, as the hardest possible to get the assist obviously the assist is the um the thing that you want to be known for and you know to try to give it a crack but um it wasn't to be um but yeah i i had a feeling that he was um strong especially after dk dropped out at um 30 36 yeah um and then margie was running with um Johan for a bit and I ran with Johan for a bit I could sense that he was um uh slowly fading away um but yeah he's a strong lad old Johan yeah he's a he's a very good runner yeah how well did his son go with his yeah yeah that was so good to see I love it when you when these these young ones come out there and um give it a crack see how many many they can do yeah, and it wasn't easy either. Those it was hot. It was a tough course. I was I was really impressed with that. Yeah, yeah, very impressive. And how did you pull up the next day? Like, no injuries. You were feeling good. Yeah, I was feeling pretty good. Um, but because Loxton's like three hours away from Adelaide, um, we ended up making our way towards Adelaide on the Sunday. Um, so but we'd stop every half hour or hour and go for a walk because you seize up pretty pretty bad um i try to do my active my um active recovery as much as possible like drinking the the hydrolytes and getting the body back up to shape again but as far as um how my feet were uh, like they i didn't have one blister at all or one little blister on my toes because i think i cut my toenails and there was still a little bit of a spur on one of them um and that was but yeah apart from that i think it's because i changed my shoes and socks quite regular i wasn't having issues with my feet um but yeah but then when we got to adelaide um we went for a fairly long walk on the sunday night through the adelaide city um and then yeah monday i went for a little jog around um no time to die course i couldn't do the full course because they had the uh the adelaide 500 stand set up right where the old course was um but yeah that was 
I, I do believe in active recovery. Like even after a, a long run, I still try to back it up with something the next day, whether it be like a five k walk or you know, um, you know, unless you're injured, um, you shouldn't be running if you're injured. But if you if you just saw, you know, there's no reason, in my opinion, I'm no doctor or, um, but yeah, I've I've always believed in active recovery and. Yeah, hopefully I can do active recovery on every long race I do. Mm. Like at Delirious, um, the next morning we woke up and went for a little jog. It was pretty slow, but it was still kept the body moving. And within a week, I was back up to normal distance again. Mm. <clears throat> um, so it's the 2nd of January. What, what have you got yep. planned for 2024? What have you got next? Um. I don't have any official races yet. Um, there's a thing called in Perth, like the five, the sorry, um, 24 park runs in 24 hours. Um, I might join that for a couple of hours because um, it goes from park run to park run. It's not an official park run, but it's just a way of raising money for, for one of the calls around Perth. I think there might be one in Adelaide, maybe in Victoria as well. I'm not sure. Um, mm. Yeah, so I might join some of the crew for doing some of them. I know some of my other um, Christian running mates, they might be doing a uh, bit of a, a park run, five, um, 5K run. Be they might start it a little bit earlier to see if they can um, get 24 in so they don't interfere with the Sunday. Um, and then, yeah, the other... Other races, I haven't signed up for birdies. Um, one of my relatives from um, Tassie, he's coming over for birdies, so I might have to sign up for that. But that's also around my dad's birthday as well. So it's around, because my dad turns 80 um, uh, in August, so I'll have to work out with the family when we're doing our, our family gatherings. And, yeah, hopefully we can swing it that I can do birdies. Um, yeah. yeah, there's also other little races around Perth that, you know, a week or two beforehand, I might go, yeah, I'm, I'll join that one or, um, but then I also time myself, we also, um, organize a, a, a race called Swan River Half. Um, it's run by style runners, a couple of us, um, Christian, um, friends that we've organized a, a race for, for the, um, for the Saturday because there's not many half marathons in Saturday. They're all held on Sundays. So, but it's an event open to anyone. And then we do it as a fundraiser for different causes. This year we're doing it for um, the Essential Collective, which is a homeless, um, they look after homeless people. Um, yeah, other years we've done it for men's restoration house or, you know, um, a village in, um, in Africa one time. To, to raise a bit of money or awareness for that so but yeah sometimes i run it and sometimes i i'm part of the volunteer um through organization for the day so yeah that may be something i'll be doing this year but apart from that i don't really have any um races planned um delirious west is always a weekend or sort of a three quarters of a week where i like to help out with volunteering whether it be at an aid station or crewing for someone or or doing doing the run myself it's such a nice weekend so yeah but any wa runners that can't um join just a bit of a shout out if you can't run it go help volunteer it's such a good event to help out and because it's in the remote part of wa uh we we try to um well it's it's in a big event that needs lots of volunteers so yeah, awesome. Yeah, it sounds like an, I would love to do that one one day. Yeah. And one of my friends, she wants me to do No Time to Die. That's in Adelaide. So, but if we do, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, it's a little bit earlier this year, isn't it? Um, I think it might be in, is it in May this year or am I wrong? No, I think that might, oh, maybe. Because there is the other one that they're doing in um, Victoria now. Um mm. The one that you're going to be doing. Yeah, um, Wild Dog, yeah. Wild Dog, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
see um you you don't think you might come come over to victoria and do wild dog um maybe <laughs> i'd have to talk to the accountant she's um yeah she, she's not with me at the moment she's uh at the caravan so yeah fair enough um so charles as you know i ask um most of my guests at the uh, end of the podcast they're three backyard ultra tips so, i mean and i'd love to hear what yours are well i'll give tips mainly for um people starting up obviously i don't go as far as phil and and some of those guys like I'm fairly low on the on the scale, but um, I I do reckon listening to your podcast has helped me so much over the the last um, time. I think I've listened to everyone. Um, some I've listened to multiple times just to get tips for myself. Um, but that's um, that's one thing I, I really encourage people. Like even on the on the course at Hysterical, I was saying to a couple of you, I listen to Pado's podcast because you get so many different tips about. Um, different nutrition plans or like the one from Gabby with um, intense, intense eat fit. Um, you know, that's, you know, you get little, little bits and snippets from everywhere and you can do your own, your own race plan and, and those type of things. But I think for my three tips, I think the first one would be um, train on, on some backyard loop that you want to, if you want to do a backyard like, um, no time to die or um, hysterical or one of these other ones. Find a course that's fairly similar and just just go out there and have a play around with a bit of nutrition. Um, do a couple night loops. You know, set yourself up so you can do different um, different scenarios. So come in at a like 50, 54 minutes or at forty five minutes and see the difference that you actually do like if you come in at 45 minutes it's a lot of wasted time sitting around camp when you can be out there and just taking it a lot easier a lot less stress on your your muscle system and all that kind of stuff yeah so i reckon that would be one of the tips i would like to say um and also a lot of the times i've seen people with massive blisters and those type of things. What I've done on every one of my backyard, except for my first one, and I've I learnt from that, um, is change your shoes and socks and clothing as much as possible. Um, I even had in my race plan that I would brush my teeth at certain times of the day, so it felt like you're um, you're starting a new day or a new new section of your race. Um, I'd have a shirt change every three or so laps um so yeah i reckon yeah shoe and sock change little massages on the way that's one way of you know minimizing the damage that you can do if you if you want to do five hours 10 hours 20 hours whatever your target is um yeah do those little things that may help you get another extra hour or two out of you um yeah, and and like i've said before write your write, write your race plan down because I didn't do that in my first couple, and I failed. I not failed. I I dropped out mainly because of certain types of issues that could have been overcome on the way, unless it's an injury. Um, yeah. Um, if you if you get a chance, write down what you want to do, what you want to do on every hour. Because even with that twelve-hour run around home, I had that as I wrote out a race plan um maybe a little bit um bit of a waste of time but i think if you you can if you can toy with the idea of of different nutrition and and that kind of stuff just it helps any any little, little bit helps i reckon yeah 100 percent. yeah awesome um yeah well look charles thanks for your um support of the podcast i always like um hearing from you and it was great to meet you in real life and run with you at Hysterical Carnage as well. And I was really, really um, blown away by how well you did as well. Like, um, you, it was an awesome performance. Thanks, Paddy. Like, it was good meeting you as well. Like, I've seen you at um, 
at birdies. I couldn't run, but I popped down for the for the Saturday afternoon and stuff, and got to meet you there. But yeah, it's, it's been such a good way of um, like there again, Strava. Now we're we're buddies on Strava, and you can see each other and what what we do and have a chat on course. And it's been uh, really helpful. Like what you've done for the sport. Um, not only for the backyard ultra sport, I think for the sport in general, um, it's been really, really great. Um, you know, and I love it how you have different guests on, like myself, that's not the best of runners, or um, you have, you know, guys that have done the, the big, big mileage, and you've get, got guys that haven't done as big as stuff. You know, it's it's really good that you can reach out to so many different people in the sport as well. It's been really good knowing you as well. Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, yeah, well, look, thanks again for coming on. I'm really glad I was able to twist your arm and convince you to come on. And yeah, it took a bit. Yeah, look, awesome. Um, thanks for finding your way around and finding internet connection too while you're on holidays. And um, yeah. Yeah, enjoy the rest of your holidays and enjoy your run today. Will do. Thanks a lot, Paddy. Cheers, mate. No See you, Charles. Yeah. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you could share, comment, like, subscribe, all of that. If you've got any feedback, shoot me a message. Hope you have a great day. See ya.